Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Afropolitan. Welcome back to My Money and Me. I'm Sumitra Naidu. And my next guest on the Money Lessons feature is Joshua Maponga. He's, of course, a well-known motivational speaker, philosopher, leader, musician, and social entrepreneur, amongst other things. He has a passion for community development. Interestingly, uh, he also owns a television program known as Joshua, and that, of course, is on DSTV. He's also a talented uh, speaker whose pragmatic thinking and knowledge of life principles have made him become one of the most sought after leaders of his time. Um, I feel so privileged to be talking to you this evening. A very good evening, uh, Bishop. Good evening and good evening to all the listeners out there. So tell me a little bit about you. I mean, you know, we, and I understand that you grew up in Zimbabwe. Um, and of course, Zimbabwe, as we know, for many years has been struggling economically. I mean, how was that for you growing up there? It was a dream. It was the dream Mm -hmm. and the education that we received was never towards us building the countries, but us moving towards the Eurocentric uh, ideology. So having studied, I ended up in London. But what do do you expect from a child when you teach them Charles Dickens, William Shakespeare, and you teach Mm -hmm. them all the British history? And uh, mm. so by the time I graduated, I did a little bit of work. And I also migrated into, into the United Kingdom where I spent five years or so. And then one morning I woke up and I discovered I was watering the, the plant next door, hoping that mine would be green. <laughs> okay. Uh, tell me about how did this shape you in terms of money i mean was money i mean obviously you had a great opportunity to study overseas um but was money uh, easily available to you i mean did, did it always i mean were you ever short of money at a horrible note i need to also to admit that throughout learning we were never taught how to make money we were just taught mm-hmm. how to spend it i don't okay. remember and throughout my high school and primary school and university being taught being taught money as a subject uh, money was was the that which we are studying so that we can have it. But when we have it, we are being taught how to spend it. So investment and creation of money, owning industries, factories, and etc., was never actually taught to us. And not only the problem was Zimbabwe; it's actually an extended problem throughout the entire continent yeah. that we don't have a relationship with money as Africans. Considering you say that, I mean, how did that shape you? What is your relationship with money today? It made me look for money rather than looking to develop my services so that my services would attract the money that I needed. Mm. I, I, I woke up in the morning looking and chasing for money. Then you almost end up all of you as traders because you're looking for petty cash and cash check, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Instead of establishing wealth, which creates the money for you. So the, the whole plan of money for me was upside down because then you think that when you have money, you're rich. When in fact, you are, you, are, you are as poor as you as the amount of money that you have. Because until yeah. that money begins to generate wealth for you, it, 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 it money is a prostitute. You need to ask yourself the question, where was it? Where is it going from here? So no one owns money. Money mm-hmm. is in transit. So what is your thinking today? I mean, do you think that we still have that issue, that money is still not taught to us? We don't have a good relationship and we're always searching. I mean, do you feel that we haven't actually evolved when it comes to thinking and working with money? 
very small percentage started learning how to invest in money returns to to returns to us. The greater percentage and the greater population is actually still chasing for money. The, the idea of us beginning to decolonize our education is so that we can begin to learn how to create industries out of agriculture, out of indigenous medicines, out of our culture, even converting mm. our education in terms of creating literature, creating the books, and begin to see, you know, heritage kind of wealth where the Oppenheimers and the rest of the guys who have established businesses, the Ackermans and all these big boys, the Coca-Colas and the rest of them. The people died hundreds of so many years ago, but they're still employing thousands, if not millions. The question is, why don't we find Africans? Count maybe Dangote, count Musefe. God bless them with the amount of uh, industry that is established. But we have 2.4 billion people who are busy digging their countries into ditches and holes and resources are disappearing from the continent, and none amongst us has vigorously begin to ask the question, what can we produce out of iron ore? What factory can mm. we make out of platinum? How can we benefit our cocoa? What can yeah. we make out of our skin? How can we benefit from Shonyan and make tonics and drinks that we can actually begin to sell and create an industry? Even so even in a time of crisis, we must be able to see opportunities. Alas, we are waiting for the United Nations and World Health Organization to constantly make us beggars at the footstools of our own civilization and resources. Mm. I think you raise a very important point. I mean, this has been our issue for many, many years. We don't know about creating value chains um, and, and, and doing good beneficiation. Instead, we just dig it out the ground and send it overseas and it comes back to us. And then we're wondering why, where's the money? But Bishop, I want to take you back. I mean, moving to South Africa and becoming a bishop, tell me about that. I mean, um, did how how did you actually develop yourself from there? I know you studied philosophy um, and you said you studied in the UK, but, you know, how, that transition into becoming a bishop? The U.S. to, the US to be more precise. Uh, the, the training, I grew up in a church school, my father being a, a minister himself within the same space. So I studied theology. It's not a, I'm not a, mm. when we wake up in the morning after two songs, we say I'm a pastor. No, I studied okay. theology and I worked in the hierarchs of the churches and et cetera. And I grew up, but I think sooner or later you discover that social responsibility is far much more important than dogmatic obsession, where basically you are interested in indoctrinating people rather than changing a society. So the revolution happened. If people, if we say the gospel is the best way of life, how come the poorest people are Christian? You know, why why is it that our Christianity has not been converted into factories? Which man in his right mind can buy a factory and convert it into a church, then call people into the factory, which is now a church, and then pray for employment? How do you think? How how do you how do you process it as Africa? That you can put a stop order to pay your pastors salaries, but your mother does not have a mm-hmm. stop order and stuff like that. How do we think when you spend 80 rand in Soweto to wash your car, and then you go to Sandin and you pay 56,000, and you don't feel a pinch of that in terms of swiping and drinking the moet and etc. So mm. the entire African mind actually thinks that when you have brands and you are spending in high places, then you have value. We've forgotten that our value must become societally driven in terms of us empowering and allowing our resources to develop our own homestead. Even politicians, the big ones that you see around, driving Porsche Cayennes in town here, go back to their villages. There are ditches and holes on the same road where they are mm. parents are living. 
So honestly speaking, it only means that even our politicians, I respect Jacob Zuma. I, I take off my head to At least there's a third road that leads to Nkanji. Get to Edduchua, get to Eastern Cape, get to other places where the president were. You still find a whole donkey in front of the city of the town. They, they, they never look backwards in terms of fixing their own homes. All these millions that are being stolen in the towns here, if those millions would make their way back to the village, we would have created employment and industries and factories in our own villages. But no, we must make the millions and then buy Gucci's, buy, you know, Armani's. Why do you you think that is? Why do you think that we have that issue? That there's this, you know, there's there's this absolute greed to have more and more and more. And yet, you know, sometimes I try to get my head around it. I mean, do you not have a conscience um, of what's happening around you, of the people that are starving, poverty that is growing? Um, But yet there is this need for more and more and more and you would do whatever it takes to get it. I mean, how does that make you feel? I mean, what do you think is the problem with us? Put your hand on your head. Put your hand on your head, like physically. Put your hand on okay. your head. Yeah. That's, where the soft, that's where the software is. Stamp the ground underneath your feet. Is that's it just based is. on incompetence? That's where your resources are, under your feet in terms of your soil. Then what okay. is between your legs is your posterity in terms of continuation. So when the software is not working, your hand is on your head. When the software is not working and the face is beautiful, the hardware between your legs will suffer and the ground will have no ownership. It is dangerous to give people the ground when they don't have the software between their heads. How do we fix that? You buy a Samsung phone and you put it in the <laughs> software. What do you expect? We need to start understanding how colonization works in terms of this. <laughs> Sara system that puts the, the software into the minds of the kids and etc. By the time you graduate from college, you walk up to all the shops that give you debt. It will take you 15 years to clear mm. the debt that you create when you come from college. So it means simply we've been taught how to spend, not how to make it. Bishop, how do you feel about the churches that are preaching, come to me and, you know, I'll pray for you and you're going to be very successful going forward and you're going to make lots of money. I mean, people really believe this. There are two pimps we must talk about. The first pimp, you know what is a pimp? Uh, Yeah, I think I do. Be a pimp. Give me a definition of a pimp. Somebody that almost sells you? A pimp is a pimp. I know you're you're on national radio, so you want to become vegetarian in your definition. You know, (laughs) a pimp is someone who is simply who is renting out human bodies and is making money in terms of transacting in prostitution. So the first pimp that we have in the society is the politician. The next pimp we have is the religious minister. And the smaller pimps are the banks and the insurance. And all of them, their business is to, is to vandalize the community. The ministers are selling hope. Why are they selling hope? Because the politicians have failed to give people the society that they deserve mm. and they need. So when people are in now hopeless, jobless, and etc., doors are being closed, loans cannot be approved. There's only one door that remains open. That door is a religious door. And unfortunately, when they get to church, hoping that they'll have solutions from there, they find another pimp waiting for them, collecting all the money. So look at it this way. The government wants 14% in terms of your tax, your tax. And after your tax, they're still going to charge you various other taxes, some other taxes. You're being charged tax on top of tax to make it worse. 
Then you, you, 14% of your salary is gone. You go to your church, the church needs 10% of your salary. In some certain churches, 20%. So mm. 20% plus 14%, that is 34%. Then walk up into your food market, walk up into your school fees. Now tell me, how can a nation prosper when they are starting off their lives less, less 30%, if not 40%? Mm. That's simple logic. You don't need to go to school to understand. If a church minister is collecting money from people, promising them wealth, why can't he use his own money and create that wealth for himself? Why must he be milking the people? Why must we be praying so that God answers our prayers and the pastors are not praying to get the money they need? God has everything except money. He has everything. He has the whole world in his hands. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. He will give you everything that you need. And after that, please, may we have some money. Don't stop lying to the membership. You cannot collect tithe from poverty. Tithe must be collected from wealth. People must be collecting from the surplus of their salary, the profits of their the profits of their investment. That must be tithe, not to tithe the seed. If I give you a cow, can you pay tithe on cutting the tail, the tail of a cow so that you can pay tithe? You must wait until the cow bets a number of times, until it has 10 cows. Therefore, your salary is your seed. Until your money has profit, you cannot type from that. Bishop, you have very interesting insights and, and you know, obviously a discussion that needs to be explored on a, on, on a different day. But before I let you go, I mean, tell me, wh- what do you do with your money? I mean, how do you spoil yourself? Do you, do you have um, anything that you like spending your money on? I have decided to invest my money in writing books and developing music buying paint and making paintings for my children. I'll leave nothing for these kids. I'll just leave them hard drives and paintings and they can see what they can do after I'm gone. Are those some of the lessons that you teach them? I've taught them. I've taught them how to edit and how to read and how to convert all this into money. If I leave them money, they'll spend it. If I leave them resources, then they'll implement them and convert them into an industry. Well, the, uh, I suppose these are important lessons. I mean, um, uh, the, the the children, are they picking it up? I mean, you know, we, we often talk about how we weren't taught about money and we don't understand money and we don't really have a good relationship with money purely because um, it hasn't, you know, it wasn't ingrained amongst us. Um, I don't I don't give money out. You want my money, you must work for it. You must clean my shoes and clean my car, dig the garden, clean you clean, and the, but the quickest way to make money in my house, you read a book, and when you finish and you write a review, I give you 200 bucks. Wow. This is a good incentive to get kids to read and to make money. Yes. So I want to bribe you to put something in your head. Very good. Bishop, it was uh, such a pleasure talking to you, and I loved your interesting insights. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I wish you well. Be safe. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.